return to Two Girls, One Podcast, the scariest podcast on the internet. And not like that spooky horror kind of scary, but more like, will there even be a new episode this week? Will everyone's internet connection hold out long enough to talk about non-fungible teledildonics? Hmm? Find out right now with Alison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. (laughs) Oh, wow. Did you like that? That was very witchy in Thank like you. Thank the you. classic sense. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our guest is going to hate that. Probably. That's not what we're looking at. I mean. <laughs> Hello, friends. I'm Allie. And I'm Lindsay. I said it in a spooky voice because it's spooky season. Mm-hmm. Oh, that little ghost is Matt. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast, plus Matt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, Lindsay, you want to dive in and tell them why we we did that? Yes. But first, I wanted to say that I was thinking about how Matt is here and is like the, um, the you know, the band leader to our late night talk show host. <laughs> you know? I'll take it's, that. I like that. I like that. You're just... You just don't have a band. Oh, he has a band, Lindsay. He has Teach your daughter a band. how to play the drums. You need to listen to some old episodes because Matt has a band. <laughs> has is a strong word. I wish I had those files ready the way you have our files ready, but I'm not the bandmaster. Damn, this is so good. <laughs> what, t- what, what, what was it called? Oh, no, seriously, I can't remember, Matt. That's so it was a long time ago. Neither can I. No, oh. I'm going to find it. I've come up with so many band names from this show, too. Wow. So many re- God, really good God like metal band it. names. Uh, all right. It's, well, well I'll, I'll research and then I'll come back next week with the name of the band. But you should start <laughs> a new band with your daughter and your wife. Okay. I mean, he kind of has that, too. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, dude. I want to know who's playing the concertina. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, by the way, update. My daughter has... Uh, become interested in learning ukulele and so she was she's gonna beat me very soon (laughs) and she's already got three chords more or less down and i did think of you Allie, and then wondering uh you know uh where you are every time i pick it up i'm like this is delightful and then i pick it up again six months later but i can follow (laughs) along with jam nights so it's been fun Mm -hmm. oh that's fun i can play a c d c It's a great little instrument because it's it's not all instruments are challenging to learn, but it is um it's it's like baby guitar. It's a simplified fretboard for for that. So it's uh I don't know, it's intuitive, I think, for, for yeah, a kid. It's it's a welcoming instrument. A welcoming instrument. I like it's, that. Yeah, it's not intimidating, it's inviting. It's like mm-hmm. you know you want to play it. Just pretend you're on the beach. If a surfer in the 60s who willingly chose not to join a very relaxed workforce can do this, you can do it too. Amen. I want you to know that Matt's band was called the Blue Light Specials. There you go. Oh, you like a Um, nice dinner plate? (laughs) 
<laughs> Matt, I have a question because I'm looking at your CD. That's right. I'm looking at your CD right now, which uh, I'll drop into the Discord. It says MatthewSilverman.com. <laughs> Do you still have MatthewSilverman.com? I definitely own it, but I don't know. It's probably That's uh, a defunct great at this. URL to own. Yeah. Yeah. What are you sell doing? That. There's oh, some yeah. Jew will buy it. It's yeah. a uh, some... it's a it's a placeholder now. Yeah, but I could never get Matt Silverman. That was always out oh, of reach please. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, sad. No, but I mean, some some twelve year old, very wealthy Jewish boy is hoping to purchase this Silverman. from you. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. For his mm-hmm. bar mitzvah website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Totally. Uh, let's, totally. let's make yeah. some cash. You let's should do actually this. buy Matthew Silverman's bar mitzvah.com because of that. <laughs> <laughs> isn't owns i love it you know uh, actually maybe we should mm. buy it <laughs> as a gift maybe the holidays are coming up that's true also matthew is the picture on the website your bar mitzvah picture no you're too young too young it's very cute though you're graduating from kindergarten or something i can't believe this is still up but this is great well <laughs> everyone visit matthewsilverman.com. All right, Lindsay, you want to tell them about our guest? Okay, yes. Friends, it is spooky season, but um, this is not the only season that you should be interested in. Witches, because witches are bad bitches and boys <laughs> and men and other identifying thing. Today, we are talking to the illustrious Georgina Rose about the occult. Yes, friends, there are Many different ways to celebrate witchiness, and I'm sure Georgina is going to tell us all about them, but mostly how I have been experiencing Georgina is through her badass Instagram, which is truly educational. Yes, and she also has a podcast. She has a YouTube channel. This bitch is a prolific witch. Hey, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, and I, I, I know I did kick it off with my witch cackle, but that's not what we're talking about today. And in fact, she has an entire episode on her podcast about uh, real life witchery versus how it is perceived in the media. So I apologize, Georgina, for just ruining all of your hard work. But um, <laughs> but for the Halloween season, we thought it would be nice to finally dive into the witch community, which has exploded in the pandemic i read that hashtag witch talk has like a billion more views than hashtag biden on tiktok which is a very amusing (laughs) fact (laughs) i love that and also i think that since the trump presidency like being a witch is like being a bad witch is what people are into like i'm a badass witch my friends have this since the you know, that horrible person kind of tried to ruin democracy. My friends have been he's still saying working things. on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's done better than most mm. in this country in mm-hmm. that sense. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, my friends have been like, yeah, I'm just embracing being an old crone. Like, I want I want people to be afraid of my ass. Like, I want to be known for being powerful and they're like the reason why witches are described as being ugly and old is the patriarchy because Mm. i mean welcome to the podcast if you didn't know we fucking hate the patriarchy and we like a strong woman but the patriarchy doesn't and they're in control so the reason why witches are made to be ugly and old and heinous is because 
men are afraid of powerful women. And like, which has been meant as an insult to anything from a a woman self-educating about medicine and saving your fucking baby to a woman not wanting to be married and giving her land away to her husband who has done nothing and just growing old alone because she doesn't want to lose all her power. And all of these things have fallen under the umbrella of witch at different times in history. I'm looking forward to finding out like the difference between the occult and witchcraft and Wiccanism, you know, oh, because there, I had no idea. So I was, different. Mm-hmm. I was listening and to I her. I don't know how. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to her podcast and she threw out like 40 words I'd never heard of. Like there are, she's very knowledgeable about like the actual spiritual practices. But the other thing that I'm excited about is she also, I listened to a little bit of an episode about, you know, can science and magic coexist? And she's very much like grounded and says like, we need to believe science and like, don't go off thinking that um, essential oils cure cancer. That was her <laughs> quote that I loved. You know what I mean? I mean, we'll obviously hear much more from her in a minute, but the same way a lot of religious are kind of fanciful that she advocates as far as i know for her you know these spiritual practices that she's very knowledgeable about and she also advocates for believing science and for instance the vaccine and coronavirus and all of that and the roundness of the earth <laughs> yes Which she said that too she was like <laughs> yeah she, she mentioned that too she's like if you get into flat earth like you've just you're you're gone from reality so yeah oh no we just lost all of our flat earth listeners goodbye Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we had someone in our discord be like i'm not listening to you guys anymore because you're in favor of the vaccine and matt was very politely like cool thanks so much <laughs> i don't know if you guys remember that but yeah that happened i remember it's fine I I think that's fine. But you oh, can yeah. no, I'm choose okay with not that. to listen to us if you don't like funny people who are also smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's your choice. That's fine. Yeah. And also we're very beautiful and tall. Oh, one of those things is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but only one. Yeah, I'm excited to speak with her. Is it is it time? Yeah, we got to get to our interview. But we got to take a break. Is it trivia? No, no time for trivia today. Oh, okay. Yeah, take a break. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. Ooh, it's a spooky season. And these sexy, scary people have contributed to our Patreon at the $10 or more level. Wesley Cordell. Jerry Dora. Jessica Fox, Kathy Phillips, Matthew Scott, <laughs> Melissa Elliott, William, and Allison. <laughs> yes, if you too would like to be sexy and spooky, just like these fine people, contribute to our Patreon at the $10 or more level. Patreon.com slash 2G1P. <laughs> Dracula. I don't know if that's what you were going for, but yes, yes, I I was going for Dracula. That's exactly what I was going for. Thank you. Great. Lindsay, what are you going as for Halloween? 
Well, I'm very excited that Halloween is back on. It's too bad it's on a Sunday, but that's fine because Mm -hmm. I am going to go to my friend's house who hands out full-size candy bars and has a projection of a ghost on mist outside his door. And I am probably going to be either a puppy or a skunk. (laughs) (laughs) Adorable. What about you? I'm going... Okay, I'm going to wear a harness and carry around water guns, and I'm a thirst trap. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was expecting to roll my eyes and be like, but I really like that. (laughs) Thank you. Matthew, what are you going to be? Same as every year. Sexy vaccine. Mm. (laughs) But which, so you're going to be Moderna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, okay. Moderna, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's were you, the sexiest you, one. Pfizer last year? No, J&J but, is yeah. the sexiest one, let's J- be honest. <laughs> it is a one no. and done. <laughs> that's not sexy. Are you crazy? I mean, I just picture like J&J like rolling up, like the makeup's all smeared, like, hey guys, am I late to the party? You know what I mean? I and just, that's what you find sexy. I just feel like J&J is the one with the most, like, I feel like. Moderna's like actually pretty buttoned up. You know what I mean? I feel like as far mm-hmm. as sexy goes, yeah, like girl. JJ's like, like ready for v- the party. You know what I mean? No. Like JJ's okay. like been partying all day. JJ pre-gamed a little too hard. Yeah. Your just, definition of sexy is my yeah. definition of an absolute nightmare. Like you're describing sloppy. Like J and J is no, putting that, sloppy. J and J's putting the condom on inside out and then putting it <laughs> yeah, back on you're like no yeah. girl that's not yeah. safe yeah yeah moderna's like here we go it's ribbed for her pleasure and you're like mm-hmm. yeah baby mm-hmm. Stick Moderna's it in. like it lasts the longest you know uh, exactly then that yeah. is what i find sexy. so that's sexy all right pfizer is the pretty boy vaccine it's like good looking but it's not actually it's that not delivering yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's like it's yeah. like okay but like you could get better and it's Moderna. <laughs> I have I Moderna, agree. obviously. 100%. Me too, me too, me too. All right. Uh, Tune into our next podcast, Vaccine Fight, coming up next. <laughs> Who would the win? The first rule of Vaccine Fight Club <laughs> is to get the vaccine. <laughs> get it and talk about it as much Beautiful. as possible. All right. Well, speaking of sexy bitches. That's actually not how I want to introduce a yeah, strong, powerful call, woman. Don't call Georgina a bitch. She's a classy lady. <laughs> Did she just I, order I for that? Res- I'll be a respectful bitch. Like, She's respectfully here. bitchy in a classy way. Yes, hello. Hi, I just joined the call. As you can tell, friends, our guest is here. And I am so excited because Georgina Rose is an expert on many things that I would love to be an expert on, but literally know very little about. Georgina has an awesome YouTube page, an awesome Instagram, and an awesome podcast. We are so excited to welcome you here. Welcome, Georgina. Hello. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys about the kind of spooky spiritual stuff that I get up to and have been surprisingly getting a lot of traction on the internet over the past few years. Wow. So how did you get into witchcraft? I I was always would have considered myself spiritual or religious, but I was looking for answers. I've always been someone who reads a lot and, you know, does a lot of research on things. I'm a little bit of a nerd. So I had had sort of a revived interest in spirituality at a certain point. I was at the moment trying to like do self-improvement stuff. And a lot of the self-improvement stuff, you know, kind of overlaps with the new agey stuff. 
you know, those like self-help books veer into new age territory quite frequently. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to dive deeper on this stuff. And so I went through this like crazy research hole and I discovered about the occult and the sort of deeper stuff, the heavier stuff. And I was like, yes, this is fascinating. So I started trying it. I didn't know if it was even going to work. Like I did some rituals and I was like, well, I guess this is the real test, right? Will something happen? And for me, the stuff started to work. Uh, My life was improving. And so I've stuck with it. Over the years, I've really found my footing, the traditions that I connect to. And it just, it really started working with me. And then about a year and a half ago, I was like, I kind of want to share some of my experiences on the internet. And that's sort of how I've gotten to where I am now. That's awesome. Allie and I were talking how, you know, being children of the 90s as we are, witches were pretty cool <laughs> in the 90s. There, We were all about witches. You think it's specifically... Of Hocus Pocus? Oh, yeah. I mean, Hocus Pocus, <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch, yeah. the craft. Like, witches were a badass thing, and we were kind of into it. That said, we were also children of the 90s, so we were very, like, lackadaisical in, quote-unquote, research of anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I know, like, the word the occult. I know the word warlock. I know, you know, paganism. So what's the difference between, like, Wicca and the occult and other forms of magic or witchcraft? Yeah. um, So it's basically, it's a terminological difference. Basically, occult means, it's the Latin word for to hide. Basically means any sort of hidden spirituality that can only be understood through personal experience. So interestingly enough, if you've ever met a Catholic who like does saint stuff, that's technically occult, though they typically will not describe it as such. Pretty much everything falls under that category. All the following terms are all under that. Uh, Then there's Wicca, which Wicca is a very specific neo-pagan religion that comes out of England in the 40s to 50s. Um, It's the most popular form of this stuff. It's most people are Wiccan. That's the largest group, right? It's a very earth-based. There's not a lot of emphasis on like the darker sides of things. It's very much pulling together a lot of European influences. So that's what Wicca is. Witchcraft is just the practice of doing the rituals and the spells or whatever. The craft, one might say. (laughs) Yes, it's the word the craft. Yeah, like it's anything you would call a craft. It's the actual doing of the thing. Mm -hmm. And paganism is just in modern times, we sort of define it as anything that's polytheistic. So like if you're a Wiccan, you'd be a pagan because Wicca is polytheistic. And you'd also be a witch because you're also practicing. So a lot of people are actually multiple of these labels at the same time. So I was reading all kinds of terms on your various sites like that I'd never heard of, like Thelema. I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, even though I also just listened to the podcast. But, I, <laughs> but what, type, what types do you specialize in? What are your fortes? I consider myself a Thelemite, uh, which means I follow Thelema. Uh, Thelema is a religion. It's kind of similar to Wicca. Wicca actually kind of came out of Thelema because the person who started Wicca was a Thelemite before they started Wicca. But Thelema is just a little bit older. It comes out of turn of the 1800s to 1900s in England. Uh, It was started by a dude named Aleister Crowley, who has sort of gone down as a cultural figure in a lot of ways. It's less earth-focused and a bit more ritualistic, right? So like the things that Thelemites do are a bit longer. They're more procession-like. They're more like a larger religious thing rather than like something more folksy. So that'd kind of be where I place myself. But I interact with a lot of these communities. I know people from all sorts of traditions because I think we tend to have more in common than different. When people think of like witches and 
you know, that kind of thing, they often think of European witches. But there are a lot of like witch-like spiritualisms in Asia and Africa. Have you looked into any of those practices? The term witch is a European term, and it's it's quite a Eurocentric term. When it comes to these practices from other cultures, typically things like hoodoo, uh, that's a pretty popular one. That's um, a African-based spirituality that's pretty common in America. Or, you know, if you go into things like being a santoro or whatever, those people don't tend to identify with the term witch. Uh, a more common thing you see them calling themselves is folk practitioners. They do a lot of the same things. There's a lot of ideological overlap, but witch does tend to be a pretty Europe-focused term. Um, they find people from Asia are not as weird about the term witch as people from, like, diaspora traditions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have mixed feelings typically on being called a witch because... The idea of self-calling yourself a witch is kind of a more modern thing to do because witch was associated with a lot of very uh, negative things for a long time. Well, it, it seems like, you know, being a witch was an insult until very recently. Yeah. Right? It, even, even in Europe, right? They were doing it originally as sort of an act of transgression, you know, to sort mm -hmm. of go against that thing and be like, well, yes, what I'm doing is witchcraft, you're right, but I'm willing to reclaim that term and take on that sort of mantle of being an outsider, being a heretic, going against, you know, that Abrahamic convention of what a person should be. So there's definitely a level of playing into that that goes into the reclamation of the term. Nowadays, calling yourself a witch is obviously not as transgressive as it was when people first started doing it. Do you think that like being a spiritual practitioner or, you know, a magical or, or like someone who practiced magic or paganistic situations, which I don't think is appropriate to say in Asia and Africa because, you know, the Christianity is relatively new compared to Europe. But do you think it was less persecuted and so people were able to like continue practicing in a different way than, you know, witches in Europe? In Europe, what happened was people were pagan and then the conversion happened. People started practicing folk traditions instead of the pagan ones. They syncretized the holidays and all that. But in terms of those countries, their traditions are kind of unbroken lineages. Like they haven't, they didn't have that huge time disruption that happened in Europe, mm -hmm. meaning that they looked very different. Uh, their traditions have lasted longer. And they, they tend to operate in a way that's a lot more similar to modern organized religion that we see here, because they're not they're not people trying to start a revival of something that's no longer existed. So my last question is going to be about Stonehenge, because I am going there for the winter solstice this year. What do I need to do to feel the most powerful? <laughs> Yes. Well, if you're going to go, uh, you should, that site is so cool. Um, the Stonehenge stuff is really interesting. I know some people who are, you know, really into the Anglo stuff and the Druidic, all that. Mm -hmm. Consider that in a way a holy site. Of course, we don't know precisely what it was used for historically, but you should definitely go and try to feel the energy there. You know, just really appreciate that spot because it's it's such a beautiful one. I don't know precisely what you should do to get prepared per se, but you should definitely take in the beauty of that spot. It's it's gorgeous. Okay. Well, Georgina, this was so much fun for me. I have to run. You're in great hands with Allie. She's leaving us. And you're in okay hands. You're in okay hands with Matt. So <laughs> <laughs> also I'm gonna DM you about Stonehenge no joke. <laughs> Please do. My DMs are open. You guys know how to find me. Okay. Bye. See you girl. Bye. Ugh, 
Scheduling. What fun. Okay, so Georgina, we'd love to talk to you about the online community. You have so many different platforms. You seem to be a very prolific content creator. I went on a wormhole of your stuff. So can you tell our listeners about all your different channels and projects and where they can find you, as well as why you started creating this content? I host a podcast called Magnolias and Magic. That's on like every place you get your podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Patreon. I'm on, I'm on all, pretty much every site. I'm on Twitch. I'm on Twitter. I'm under Dot Darling, D-A-A-T Darling on all those places. I started actually just with the podcast. I wanted to commentate on the online community because I had been consuming the occult content for a very long time. And I found that there was a lot of misinformation that was spreading, especially because in the past decades, the occult has kind of boomed in popularity. There's been like a huge increase in people getting interested in this stuff. And I was reading through some statistics, I think it was from Religious News Service, and they said that the fastest growing religion right now is paganism, which was kind of crazy to me. And so I've seen a lot of new people come into the community because I've been into this stuff for like a long time now. So it was really interesting seeing all that explode. And so I was like, you know what, there's a lot of false information spreading. So I was like, I'm going to make a podcast. I don't think anyone's going to listen to it. But I'm going to just like give my thoughts. I made it with two of my friends. And after that, you know, I started joining other platforms. I started a YouTube channel to just educate because I realized I wanted to sort of educate people instead of just like critique things. And so I've sort of expanded onto every platform at this point. I do educational content. I do commentary. And I write some blog posts sometimes for places like Patheos Pagan. So I, 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 I do most things on social media. Because our community right now is very present on social media. I find that all the new people I talk to, they start through social media. Like a lot of people getting into it now are exposed through like their For You page on TikTok or their YouTube recommendations. It seems like social media has really been a big force in spreading these ideas. The algorithms are bewitched. Yes, the algorithms. They're, I'm sorry, I had to. They're bewitched. Uh, they're converting mm-hmm. all your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretend- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I read that you were nominated for a witchy, the witchies. Can you tell us about the witchies and what you were nominated for? Yes, I was. So we do like these little community awards festivals every year. They're just put up by community members. It's all community nominated and voted. I was nominated for a blog post I wrote um, for my podcast and for my YouTube channel, which was very, very cool. we, We become a very connected community online and really built a lot of things together because I think we're all aware now that the internet is kind of the place to be for paganism. So I really like how our community has created a lot of, you know, online infrastructure. There's online classes now. There's whole organizations shifting to being online. There's online mentor. Like our community is really pretty successfully adapted to the rise of technology, which is very interesting to watch. So two-part question. Are you ready? Yes. You mentioned that it's really boomed in the past 10 years. I have my own theories, but I won't share them now because I'm not what's important here. You're our guest. What are your theories on why it's boomed so much? And I wanted to piggyback off what you just said, which is, you know, why do you think it's flourishing so much online? I have so many thoughts. The first thing is that if you look historically at when the occult has risen, it tends to be kind of on a pattern. There was a big revival with the Victorians, you know, like with spiritualism and the seances and all that. And then you see in the 1930s, 1940s, there was another boom, which coincides with war and stress. 
Uh, then you see it again in the 70s. The 70s was a big one. I mean, we all know about like the hippies, the psychedelic revolution, all that stuff, which there was a big spiritual rise there. That's when the new age really gained a lot of traction. And then again, in the 90s, to a much lesser extent, that's when a uh, solitary practice rose. Wiccan books got a lot of sales. Like the 1990s was another boom. Uh, and in the past decade, uh, I looked through Google Trends about this a while ago, and it seems like around 2013 to 2015 is when it sort of started to kick off. And in 2020, during the height of the pandemic is when it kind of peaked. My personal theories on this is that it does seem to be on like a 30 year cycle. But beyond that, I think whenever there's times of societal stress, people seek out spirituality. And I think the past, you know, the past five six years have been very stressful culturally yep. for a lot of reasons. There's been a lot of factors. And I think because of that, people want direction. They want a framework to sort of give them answers. I mean, I think it makes sense that when people are stressed, they want answers. They want change in their life. I mean, the occult allows you to change your life. It allows you to connect with something higher, you know, experience deities, all this stuff. I think it's only natural that people are going to gravitate it. And during the pandemic, which is when the witch talk thing exploded, I think people were trapped inside, you know, they wanted answers, they were scared, you know, and it makes sense that when you're scared, you turn to asking the big questions about life. And I think that's my, my strongest theory on why it's sort of exploded. I think it's that people want answers and life is kind of tough right now. I love that. Some of that was what I was guessing. And of course, you educated me on some trends I had no idea about. My other thing is I, I feel like um, the standard so-called religions have kind of failed us. And so people are looking for spirituality in these different ways. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in in across the board like church attendance has been declining for a long time. People are very dissatisfied with that. I think in general we've started to ask a lot more questions and these very orthodoxic religions, they don't really allow you to ask questions. They don't really allow you to have your own interpretation. You know, it's not very personal. Whereas when you get into like the spirituality realm, the occult, witchcraft, you're able to do the thing yourself. You know, you don't have to listen to a priest tell you what to believe. You don't have to hear the priest tell you, well, this is what God thinks. You can just ask it yourself. You can have this personal experience and from that extrapolate your beliefs rather than being told. It's the reverse of that chain. And I think as a culture, we ask a lot of questions now. We don't just want to be told this is how you're supposed to act. And these pagan, neo-pagan, spirituality-based religions, they don't really tell you how to live. They, they sort of posit that you have to discover that through your own personal exploration, which I think as since we've become such a questioning culture, that's a lot more appealing. I don't think people really want to be told what to think anymore. They want to realize that themselves. So I love that you mentioned how people really want to question for themselves. They want to do their own research. But something I wanted to mention is that I did love how you, one of your podcast episodes was about the value of reason and science as well, which I, I really appreciated that. So I was wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit about where you see the intersection between these practices and scientific belief. Oh, yeah. I mean, I believe in science. Uh, I, I think you see in like the hippie New Age spears, which the witchcraft spear and the like hippie New Age spears are different communities. There are some crossover, but we're not the same group. Uh, those people do tend to be a very, at times, almost science denialist. Like you see this idea that like crystals can cure your cancer, um, alternative healers <laughs> making these really bold claims and stuff. And I find that stuff really 
I don't like it. I think it's really toxic and dangerous. It's my entire neighborhood. Yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I really hate that stuff because it's it misses a key point of pagan ideology as well. Because one of the big points is that the earth is important, nature is relevant. You're not because in, in Abrahamic faith, you're very much rejecting the natural world in favor of the higher realms, right? You're rejecting human impulse. Whereas the whole pagan thing, you connect with the earth, you enjoy what's around you. And that implies that the earth exists, science exists. None of the ideas in witchcraft contradict the ideas of science. Like, I feel like it's it's ridiculous to just deny science. It goes against a lot of these principles. And I think it's very, very dangerous. So I, I speak out about it very heavily. There are people who do make bizarre claims. Like I saw someone saying that elderberries can cure Lyme disease, which just doesn't even make sense. (laughs) You know, like stuff like that. I just, a lot of us think that is not true at all. Um, and it's just, it, it really bothers me when I see that stuff, but it is, it's a more new age tendency that you do still see it in our spaces, which I try to fight against that. Uh, yeah, I loved that about your content, and I just wanted to make sure our listeners heard that as well. Um, so you mentioned witch talk. Can you tell us a little bit about witch talk? There, there was before witch talk. There was like witchstagram or witch Instagram. Doesn't have the same ring. No, no, it doesn't sound as good. Which that had a lot of people on it, but witchcraft and witch talk is something that I don't think any of us predicted happening. So basically, there's a witchcraft community on TikTok. It's mostly younger people. It's a lot of people talking about their experiences and informational content. And it's exploded. I I wrote an article about it a while ago. And at the time of writing, they had like 17 billion views or something just obscene. Like, witch talk is huge. I know someone on there who I'm friends with who has like a million followers there, which is very large for our community. I mean, prior to that, our biggest like influencer was like 300k. Like, we're not, we're not that big of a community in general where we're a pretty small group of people. And so seeing witch talk explode is crazy. And people I know who run metaphysical stores or, and work at metaphysical stores, I was talking with them recently and they're like, a lot of people who come into the shop now will ask, have you heard about the Carnelian from TikTok? It, it, it's, the way it's impacted our community has been so immense because it has like more views than some like political hashtags I've heard. Like the views witch talk gets is just insane. It's broken into mainstream media, which our stuff normally doesn't. So it, it was bizarre. Like I, I was, I've been making content since a little bit before the whole witch talk thing happened. I joined TikTok and I make TikTok sometimes, but I, the way that it blew up was crazy to me. I think that it did blow up because of the whole COVID thing that I was talking about earlier. I think that's a big factor in it. But I just witch talk the way that that happened was so crazy. And it's really shaped our community because now so many people coming in are coming in from witch talk. Like I've talked to so many people who that was their first exposure. It's, it's crazy what happened with that. You mentioned that when people go into stores and they say, have you heard of blank? Was that the name of the user or was that, what was that? Oh, that's, that's a, that's a type of crystal. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I know some people who work at metaphysical stores mm-hmm. there'll be like a trend on witch talk. Like recently there was a big one with this, this crystal, or I think it's technically a tech type called Moldavite that got really, really huge. And so all these people started going to the shops and they kept asking about it. And all the stores sold out. There was even supply chain issues, which I had never heard of happening before in our space. Like Witch Talk and even the books that get popular on Witch Talk, um, though I always tell people to read more because I do find some people have a tendency to not read, which I, I stress a lot. But, you know, like those books, they sell out so fast. It's It's people get into Witch Talk and you know, they immediately want to apply it and practice it and all that. And so it's brought a lot of new people in and exposed a lot of new people to our ideas, 
which that's had a lot of interesting impacts on our community. There have been some negative impacts, I'm going to be honest, because misinformation flies around on Witch Talk really easily. Um, Someone can make some really outlandish claim that's not true, and the elders of the community will have to like write blog posts about it and be like, hey, this is this is not true. I don't know what you're on about. Um, But in general, I think it's good in that it allowed more people access to these concepts, because back even in the 90s during that boom, like it was pretty hard to meet people. And to get into the know. So I got to give Witch Talk that. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a double-edged sword, as they say. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. To what extent do you think Witch Talk is a fad? And to what extent do you think people in the Witch Talk world are seriously practicing versus like having fun? Yeah, I think that's a very case-by-case basis because I do think some of it is just hype and the trend. My prediction that I've had for a while is that in like two years is going to be when it's sort of died down because it's starting to die down a little bit compared to how it was. Um, I think, you know, it, it's, it's a viral thing. Of course, people are going get to get in on it for the clicks or whatever. And people are obviously going to experiment and then find it's not right for them. That's not like a new thing. I mean, every year around Halloween, we kind of joke about how people decide to get into the occult. It's like New Year's resolutions, like everyone's at the gym in January and then never again. Absolutely. That, that happens to us like every October. I love it. So like a bunch of people come in, they'll practice, then they'll kind of tinker out by December. So I think there's going to be a lot of that. I think a lot of these people, you know, they, they won't stick around, but I think there will be some who do, you know, I think the like serious practitioners, TM, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. I feel really pretentious whenever I say serious practitioners, I'm going to be honest. So that's, but you know, I, they're going to stick around and the people who are doing it as a trend are going to go away. There's nothing wrong with that, really, in my opinion. Like, experimenting with something and realizing that it's not for you, that happens with all aspects of life. People try out, like, being all sorts of things and it doesn't work and they leave. Like, yeah. I, I don't think it's that big of an issue. My biggest qualm with witch talk is just the misinformation stuff. I, I don't really care if people, like, get in and then leave. We don't really, apostasy is not some sort of sin in the, the pagan world. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're no longer drawn to this stuff and you want to leave, like you're totally welcome. And if you ever want to come back, you're welcome back. We're, we're not a very rigid community. So what are some of the major misinformation moments that you can think of? Yeah, well, I, I got to mention, and you guys have probably heard of this. Look, a lot of people got very upset about this. I thought it was funny. Basically, there was this big hoax on Witch Talk even made it on device news or something where someone claimed they hexed the moon. This did not happen. Oh, I did see this. Yes. But that's all I, I just saw that headline. and was like, I'm not going to click that. Okay. I, to be honest, when I saw this headline, I cracked up. I thought it was hilarious. And my friend is like, shouldn't you address this? And I'm like, this is funny. <laughs> but basically what happened is these trolls on witch chalk, they didn't even do it. They admitted later they didn't even do it. They claimed they had hexed the moon and they did it the night before a new moon. So these smart people realized that a bunch of people were going to freak out when they saw the moon wasn't there. It was, I thought it was hilarious seeing people freak out, but a lot of people were like, oh my God, these, these baby practitioners, they hexed the moon. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there cackling the whole time, but you know, and then it was later outed to be a hoax, but obviously that was a big war. And a lot of people were very upset about that. Um, I don't think you can hex the moon. I don't think that would even work. If, if you, uh, if you tried it, I don't think it would do anything, but you know, that was a big one. There's always like a misinformation on the week, it seems like. Like someone will make some claim. There was a big one about tarot where someone said that tarot was originally practiced by a group that it wasn't originally practiced by. And people got into a tizzy about it. They made their like hot take videos. 
you know, just like any sort of internet outrage burst, right? Like right. someone makes a tweet that's dumb and everyone, you know, goes in on them and acts like it's some sort of life or death situation. You know, we have a lot of those. Yeah, I like that you said the misinformation of the week. I feel like that could be a good new series for you. <laughs> I could, because there, there's always something, right? Because the reason why it happens is a lot of people on Witch Talk, they only really learn from Witch Talk. They don't you know, talk to elders in the community or read blogs or read books, you know, or go to classes, right? They just kind of learn it from TikTok. So because of that, they haven't really done the research. They tend to say things that are just like not true, um, which I think that happens in like every community to some extent. Well, that segues perfectly into something else I wanted to ask you about, which is your campaign hashtag defend occult books. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So a couple months ago, I did a campaign. I launched it called hashtag defend occult books. That was, it started with me making a little video. Uh, Basically, I'll give the background on why I did this. Um, So online, a lot of people don't read. This is evident in a lot of communities besides the occult, but it's pretty evident in the occult, right? Because this stuff is not some new idea that was started on the internet. This stuff has a history to it. Even with the New Age stuff, like that comes out of theosophy and theosophy has a rich history to it. So you need to know some of this background if you really want to start speaking about it. If you're an individual who's just practicing this stuff and you don't do a ton of research, that's not really my issue. But the second you go online and present yourself as an authority to some extent, you should, you know, know what you're talking about. That is the problem with the whole world right now. Yes, yes. Uh, You know, the the Facebook group chat is obviously the best source for all things. 100%. And WhatsApp family chats, definitely really positive. Yeah. I think WhatsApp family groups uh, are the real bastion of education in the world. Absolutely. But yeah, like we have these people who they, they don't know what they're talking about and they present themselves as authorities and they, you know, they just like make stuff up half the time. And so people like me will like comment like, hey, you're you may want to read this a book. You may want to read a book. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life life altering information. I'm basically asking them to leave their families. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I got really frustrated with this. And then. We had an issue where uh, one of the authors that I really like was writing in the the 1800s, and he said some things that were like problematic by modern standards or whatever. And so people were like, you can't read old books because they might not hold up to modern day. Oh, no. They said that all old books are outdated, which is just an unrealistic perspective. Like, just read things critically. So I got very frustrated with all of this. Yeah, I think it's problematic when cancel culture extends to all things. Like, we should be able to realize that they were written in a different time and place and there's still value in them as opposed to just no longer learning history. Oh, absolutely. And we're not an orthodox. So you can like take the ideas you like yeah. and not use the ideas you don't. There's there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I, I was getting a lot of, I was having a lot of discussions about this and there were a lot of people who just weren't reading and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to just make a hashtag and make some videos, see what happens. Uh, so I made this tag called Defend Occult Books, uh, which got quite a bit of traction, thankfully. Basically, the whole thing was like, you know, it was sort of defending the tradition of learning and reading and, you know, learning from your elders and your peers. I ended up writing some blog posts about it. Um, you know, obviously it got some critique, but that's how anything on the line online goes. And so that was my sort of thing that I was really working on for a while to just encourage people to read a book. Yeah, read a book. Because if you want to understand these concepts, 
it's just, it's not possible to do by watching a TikTok video. Like <laughs> you're not going to learn the entire tradition of witchcraft by scrolling on your for you page. You can learn quite a bit. And I think social media is important. I think it's a great way to show people information, but like you're never going to know the full breadth of a subject from reading, you know, a single article. So I was just trying to encourage people to do more digging. Yeah. I'm going to do your jingle for you. It's just going to be me yelling, read a that's going to be it. I support it. If you want that sound file, you're, you're welcome. I will. Um, anyway, I, you also had an episode on your podcast recently about the differences between practicing online and in real life. And I was wondering if you could just tell our listeners about the major differences. Yeah. So this community is not exclusively online. Uh, I know people sometimes assume that like the witchcraft thing is some internet subculture. It's not. It started in person. For the longest time to learn about this stuff, you actually had to meet people in person. Uh, there was a website and it went down about a year ago called Witchfox that was like a networking. It was like the yellow pages of paganism for a very long time that had like the list of all the groups and all the states. For Thelema, there was an organized like, like lodge-based system that they're still around. It's just not as huge as it once was. You know, the Wiccans, they have their covens. There's the metaphysical stores, uh, and those stores are typically a good way to network to the actual community because a lot of these stores hold events or they'll know a guy you can talk to. So there's, there's a huge in-person community that people aren't always aware of. The online community is definitely bigger, but there is an in-person one, and there's a lot of big differences. And I think the big differences come from the fact that communication moves faster online. It's easier to make like a hot take tweet and get that around to your Twitter followers than to change an organized body structure because a lot of these in-person communities are like organized bodies. They're like groups that you have to join and go through, you know, initiation with. They're typically a bit more selective um, because these groups, you know, they don't have to take you in. You, you, you kind of have to be allowed on TikTok, I guess, unless you get banned somehow. They're, they're more selective. They veer older. Most of the older half of the community uh, are not really that online. Uh, they're harder to reach. So uh, it's, it's a lot older. It's a lot slower paced. And it's a lot more, more institutionalized and structured. So you have a little bit less freedom with finding a group that perfectly matches everything you believe than finding, you know, an online community that does. Mm -hmm. um, and you'd be surprised how many of these groups exist. I think people assume that they only exist in major cities. That's not true. You'd, you'd be surprised. Uh, Wiccans are always the easiest to find. They're pretty much everywhere. Like there's there's Wiccan groups all over the place. Do you know demographically what the breakdown is? My stereotype is that, it, is that it's mostly women, but I have no idea if that's true. It depends on what group you're talking about. For Wicca, it's majority women. Like, the witchcraft types are mostly women. Mm -hmm. You find with these organized groups, it's mostly, like, middle-aged women. That's a lot of, like, organized group types. But online, it veers younger because the internet veers younger. In the more ceremonial groups, they do lean more male, I've noticed. Like, the occult men tend to hang out in, like, Hermeticism or Thelema or something. I have some thoughts as to why that might be, but... Go on. Yeah, so I think the breakdown is that there's this, this very sexist assumption amongst some occultists that, like, witchcraft is for women for some reason, which is ridiculous. It's, it's not. I think that that's a very sexist take. There's this, this old belief that, like, 
witchcraft is for women, whereas the ceremonial occult stuff, that's for men. The serious stuff is for men. Yes, the serious stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. they're so frivolous with their crisp. You know, it's like this old school sexism. Very cringy. I, I think it's very dumb because I'm, I'm on the ceremonial side and I'm a woman. We exist. Mm-hmm. And I think it's shifting actually now with the younger generation. That dichotomy is not as present as it is with older people. Um, I find like the boomers and the Gen Xers tend to fall on those lines a lot more than the younger crowds do. But we are, if you, if you compare, if you went, like you group us all together, it is a majority women community, but there are quite a few men. Has there been a backlash to the boom in all of this in, you know, especially in the last year of 2020? Less than I would think. I keep expecting there to be like some Christian panic or something. I keep getting a little paranoid about that. Because in the, you know, in the 80s. Like a satanic panic? Yeah, the satanic panic was horrible for our community. Like it, it was very damaging. Some people like lost their jobs. Some people even got sent to prison wrongfully. Like there was a lot of harm to our community. I, I was told a story from someone in person that their shop window got bashed in in the 80s. Like you know, it was it was a very hard time to be a practitioner. Everyone had to be very secretive about it, which was a big change based from the 70s, which was actually quite a good time to be a practitioner. So there, there's a lot of residual cautiousness with older people. They tend to, you know, use pseudonyms, be more secretive about it. Whereas the younger people are a lot more open about it, which kind of freaks out some of the older people I've talked to, actually. They're like, oh, God, what if... Satanic Panic 2. I know some people have been really worried about the QAnon types. That freaks out some occult types. They're like, these people have sort of Satanic Panic adjacent rhetoric. I don't think we're ever going to go through a Satanic Panic again. But I think maybe in a couple years, there may be a bit of a backlash. But I doubt it'll be as bad. You know, it just I, it's, it's hard to predict. I think that some cautiousness is always sort of needed because, you know, we don't know where things are going to go because we're a pretty young community, like in terms of how long we've been around. It's just kind of a hope for the best situation. But I don't think it's ever going to get as bad as it once was because things do seem to be improving. Yeah. So you mentioned at the top that you, you know, started dabbling and you started seeing results. And I was wondering if you could explain exactly what that meant. Yeah. So all these concepts, uh, which I find in my content, I do tend to talk pretty metaphysically and ideologically rather than about like how to actually do things. But you, you do actually do the thing. This is a very practice-based path. You know, it's, it's not like you go to church once a week and you're told God bless you and you like pray or whatever. Like to be a witch means you do the craft. You, you have to actually do the thing to take on that title. So you'll do, you know, the little rituals, the little spells. Typically, people start out really small through something like sigils, which is sort of like making symbols, probably the easiest way to explain it, to then manifest the thing. And so you, you try it out. I mean, that's the real truth, right? The highest form of religion is truth, is one of my favorite quotes. So if you want to know if these concepts are true, my suggestion is always do a little bit of research, see some beginner workings, and actually try it. Well, okay, so you tried it, and what happened? I found that it worked. I, the first stuff that I did, I mean, the very first thing I did was just kind of ridiculous. It didn't work. But I found that once I started, you know, starting kind of small with very simple goals. Like, I remember one of mine was to, like, make more money. That, that was one of my first workings I did. Oh, I want to do that one. <laughs> so what I did was I made this thing called a sigil, which is basically just a symbol. You make the little symbol, and I burnt it. I drew it on a little bay leaf, which is a classic money correspondence, and I burnt it, and I, like, prayed over it, and I was like, this isn't going to work. This is going to do nothing. 
And then like the next week I found like a hundred dollars on the ground. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I didn't like have some instant riches, you know what I mean? But something happened. Yeah. And then I started trying, you know, something again. And I tried to manifest something a little more abstract. It was like, I think it was more discipline. So I did a little ritual. I I made a candle and I carved the little Saturn glyph on it and I burnt it down. And the next week I just felt more energized. It wasn't anything too radical. Like I didn't instantly become, you know, the most disciplined person in the world, but it was something. I find that it works in small ways, but it all sort of builds together. And the more you actually do the things, the more you figure out like your style and how precisely it works. So just try it. That's my ultimate advice to people. See what happens. If it doesn't work, then you know. If it works, you know. All right. I have one final question. Well, wait, that's not true because we also have a question from the Discord. Okay. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. Shazbot asks, what do you think the genuine versus troll posting split is on reddit.com slash r slash witchcraft? I don't know if you're involved in the subreddit, Witchcraft. What do you think is the breakdown of serious versus non-serious posts? I lurk on some of the Reddits. I'm not a huge Redditor, but I do check it out sometimes. I think it's sometimes hard to tell because there are people who go in these communities and troll. There, there's a big one on our Witchcraft recently where someone said they wanted to hex the Taliban. And so then there was a subreddit made called Bewitch the Taliban, which I, I think hexing the Taliban is a bad idea for a lot of reasons. But that became like a whole thing. That subreddit was immediately taken over by trolls, like within 10 seconds. And I will say, their trolling did make me laugh. Okay. But it, it, we're, we're kind of at times an easy community to troll because there's always someone who like takes people's posts that are clearly trolling like way too seriously. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that I always am like, if, if a post looks too good to be true, probably is. Um, a lot of people like to troll us. They'll make some crazy posts. They'll make up typically like a story. You know, it's it's clearly fake, but people take it seriously. I mean, people lie on Reddit all the time. Like all, all the Reddits are full of fake stories, in my opinion. But I'd say it's like 20 per- 15 to 20%, maybe. 15 to 20% fake or real? Yeah, yeah, 15 to 20% crawling. Like there's a decent amount. Our witchcraft is also kind of, they take everything a little too seriously. So <laughs> if, a something, if a post is just absurd, it, it's probably a troll. If you think it's a troll, it probably is. It's Ken M. Shout out to Ken M, the greatest troll of all the trolls. Okay, you may think I am bullshitting, that I am dead serious. How do you feel about Harry Potter? Oh, I think like witch media is fun. I, I, I don't, I know some people like get up in a tizzy because they're like, it's not perfectly accurate. And I'm like, it's fiction. It's supposed to be fun. Fantasy is fun. I just enjoy it. I like it. So do you think, are, are there things that Harry Potter gets right? Or no, it's all just fanciful. Some of these adaptations, like some of these films, do get some things right. Harry Potter is not really based in much historical information. Mm -hmm. Like Sabrina, the Sabrina revival, for instance, actually did pull from some real stuff. Oh, cool. So like, it depends. But Harry Potter, no. I mean, Harry Potter is not a source. It's fun. It's good media. I mean, they're classic little films for a reason. It's delightful. Yeah, just enjoy them. I, you know, it's, it's not a documentary. Shit, I've been watching Harry Potter wrong this whole time. I thought it was a documentary. Fuck. <laughs> yes, yes. Harry Potter's actually, yeah, it's, it's a documentary, guys. Okay. Uh, everything you see in a movie is true. 
they're all documentary. <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, Georgina, it was so wonderful to have you. I love that you are an advocate of books and research and really doing your homework in a world of misinformation. <laughs> um, so can you just let our listeners know one more time, plug all of all of your things, plug away. Uh, yes. Well, thank you guys for having me on. This was a lovely conversation. I love chatting about this stuff. Um, you can find me, I'm Georgina Rose, or I go by the handle dot darling, D-A-A-T darling. I am on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitch, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Patreon. Uh, I host the podcast Magnolias and Magic with two other practitioners. They have very different paths than I do, so we sort of come together from different perspectives to discuss community issues. Uh, it's called Magnolias and Magic. It's everywhere you can find your podcast. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Beautiful. Quick additional question. What do you stream on Twitch? Is there a like a live rituals going on or is it more chatting with folks? Yeah, I do like chatting stuff. My Twitch, I typically do it with my podcast co-host, but sometimes we bring on like panels and we discuss um, occultism, theology. I've been hosting a few like theological debate panel style stuff. So it's just chatting. Cool. I, I'm not a gamer tragically. <laughs> and I guess I could live stream a ritual. I guess I could try that. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, I think that'd be super cool. That'd be such a great way for people to learn. You know, if you were doing live tutorials, people can ask questions and everything. I'm into it. I like it. The word witch is in the name Twitch. It is. You got to do it. Oh, that's true. Should be bigger on there. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Matt, do you think if we burn a bay leaf, more people will visit patreon.com slash 2G1P? Mm, no, but it won't, it won't not do that, right? Which you know is the saying? same as maybe doing that. So <laughs> I'm going to go burn a bay leaf, bitches, my witches. <laughs> and hopefully that means you will visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. Well, that was fun. I hope that altered some people's Halloween plans. You know what I mean? Maybe do mm, some rituals. Mm -hmm. Get into mm -hmm. it. See what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will be burning bay leaves. You said it in the interview <laughs> and, and in, in the discussion, but like, um, I, I, I'm not a fan of when people conflate science and, and spirituality or try mm -hmm. to prove one with the other. Uh, that's, that's a big no, no in my book. And I was just thrilled to hear Georgina's take on why those are separate and both important in their own way. And that's, uh, I don't know, I feel like that's a healthy view of spirituality that I can get behind as a very non-spiritual person. Yeah. Yeah. I encourage everyone to check out her podcast because I was listening to it as I went about my day and it was, I really enjoyed her, her take on it where she's very, she, at least she seems to be very well educated on those subjects. You know, she was talking about all these different ancient practices and types and studies that I'd never heard of. But then I loved that there was an episode around science. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah and that I, made me I just love, I just love lear learning about the history of it. Like just learning about belief systems and practices from various pockets of history. And, all, and as she was saying, like, Hey, during the turbulent times of history, this stuff sort of pops back up again. And that's yeah. uh, very fascinating. Totally. And I think there's, I'm going to stereotype like humanity as a whole does seem to have this like need for spirituality and religion, but then yep. the religions get too formal and they're no longer helpful. And then people start turning to all this other stuff. Cause we've looked at quite a few religions now 
on this podcast. And I find it really interesting, especially some of the similarities in people's stories. And yeah, and 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 then of course how the internet has helped them actually find that community instead. Yep. Uh, we could talk forever about the human need for spirituality and religion and uh you know, I, I get, I do understand it. I do. Un- we I mean, are I'm so... with you because I'm like solidly agnostic. Mm-hmm. I would say atheist, but like maybe there's something, you know what I mean? That's I'm sticking with like maybe, but like I don't really mm-hmm. see any evidence. But yeah, I live in Venice, California, where everybody <laughs> is talking about their fucking crystals and mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. essential oils and the cycles of the moon all the time. And I'm like, this is out there and i i don't and well i thought it was cute till the pandemic came around and then i decided it was actually dangerous and i'm kind of mad about it yeah 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 yeah. i feel that i feel that because there's it's it's really amusing to me we've talked about it before but the overlap between the far left and the far right like right a lot of these wellness people yeah you go you go hard enough on the spectrum and you wrap back around again i mean that's also politically libertarianism is is very progressive until it's not and then bam you're back on the other side again it's so funny though because it's like the people who claim they hate each other the most probably actually have a lot in common (laughs) in a lot of ways but yeah a lot of these you know, holistic wellness people are really against the vaccine. And I'm like, so anyway, so I also Mm -hmm. liked her distinction between practicing witchcraft versus new age wellness, which is Mm. not necessarily couched in much. I'm alienating all of our new age listeners. Uh, But like as an uneducated person in both of those realms, I'm certainly guilty of conflating them. So I was thrilled that Georgina could like yeah. s- distinguish them. They are not they are not in the same Venn diagram necessarily or that she was saying, "Oh, there's probably overlap, but no, these are these are different things and with different belief systems." And that's it, that's good to know. It's, it's I feel much more uh educated on on all of it. I also blame our lack of universal health care. I feel like the medical system is so fucked up in America and it does yeah. fail people and then they turn yeah. to new age shit, which again Absolutely. different than witchcraft absolutely but yeah i hope everyone had a spooky time i hope you have a happy halloween please visit patreon.com slash 2g1p because i just burned a bay leaf and you can also visit discord.gg slash 2g1p you can leave us a voicemail that number is 347-871-6548 that number again 347-871-6 you can also email us at 2g1podcast at gmail.com you can reach me on any social media platform maybe not any but instagram tiktok twitter i'm ally underscore goldie a-l-l-i underscore g-o-l-d-i Lindsay is at the Lindsay life across platforms matt you never shout yours out but you are the band leader if you want to i'm only on wichita so that's the you can All only right. find me there. Find him there and matthewsilverman.com <laughs> so thank you so much everyone and we'll see you next week one podcast is hosted by Lindsay Ford and Allison Goldberg, then set on fire in a circle of bones because maybe that's a better way to monetize podcasts. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. 
This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.